Hi, this is Sam Chamberlain, and welcome to Things to Ponder, the sermon podcast from St. Mary's United Church of Christ in Silver Run, Maryland. Follow along with St. Mary's at stmarysucc.org or on Facebook and Instagram. Wishing you peace and good, my friends. So if you're tuning in to uh, hear more of Baked In, the sermon series that we're in the middle of, I'm going to save that. We're going to bump all that to next week. And uh, obviously we didn't read those readings. So uh, so we're going to bump all that and we will pick that theme up starting next week. But I did want to spend a little time with these. And I sat down this morning and just kind of read through them as I was praying through them. I sat in, And I felt like there was a thing that kind of emerged. I was kind of excited because... This passage that we have from Jesus is one of those passages where I'm like, Jesus, what are you talking about? <laughs> like there are moments where, and I remember I had a seminary professor who once, who he was talking about um, Jesus in the gospel of John at the last supper kind of thing. And he, he always said, wordy is the lamb. Jesus just kind of goes on these rants sometimes and they can get a little tangled up and a little tricky. And they often leave me feeling like, what, what is it you want us to get out of this? But there was sort of this moment this morning where I was like, oh, like I kind of think I can unpack this a little bit. So I wanted to offer that to you by walking through this passage gently. So here's the backstory. Jesus has just healed a man on the Sabbath, which of course was prohibited. And that man had just picked up his mat and walked out, which was also prohibited. You could probably guess what the result of all this is, is that the religious leaders, and that's how they are identified, religious leaders get all up in arms. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to do that. What are you doing? And Jesus responds this way. He says, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. And here is a place that we can begin. In a world that is done with the notion of religion, and let me assure you, all the data says our world is finished with the idea of religion, I remain a staunch advocate of religion. We were talking about this in my uh, prayer class called The Priory. We were talking about it just last week. We said religion at its best allows us to create a shared life, a shared language, and shared convictions. Not uniformity, but a life that we share that allows us to grow and to pass on what we've learned from the wisdom that we receive from those who come before us, and we we are enabled to pass it on to those who come after us. But that religion only happens if we define religion in a certain way. Because if religion is defined as the ways in which I get to God, then I want to say very clearly, I'm out on that kind of religion. I'm completely out. In fact, we have that kind of religion as one of the very first stories in the Bible. That is Tower of Babel spirituality, where the people say, how will we ascend to heaven? Let's build a tower. Let's figure out how we'll get to heaven, which goes right around the person of God. And that kind of religion takes, takes not into account God as God has revealed himself. That kind of religion is purely man-made. And I say man-made specifically because it's usually dudes who put that kind of stuff into place. And that kind of religion, how do I get to God, always erodes down into a tool of manipulation. That kind of religion is of the world and should be jettisoned. I'm out. But Jesus is himself a religious man. And that is what is so confounding about all this. Jesus is religious, 
But how is Jesus religious? And that's where this statement is so profound. Because he lays out this entirely new way of being. He says, I, the son can only do what he sees his father doing. And what the father does, he does. This is a religion that I can get behind. Because what Jesus is doing, he says, look, the things that I practice are learned and they are shaped by what I observe God doing in the world, which means the origin of it is God, not humans. And what Jesus is inviting us into as people of religion, as worshipers, we also should pay attention to what God is doing, see where God is active, what God cares about, how God has worked in the past, yes, and then as an apprentice, indeed the word is disciple, to follow along carefully. It is God who lays out the terms of religion, not humans. This is religion in the shape and the model of Jesus. And indeed, what the world has given, what the what what creation has given us today is a most apt metaphor. That just as a child who might be walking through snow that's just a little too a little too big for them, what they'll often do, and I remember my kids doing this, is that the easiest way for kids to get through the snow is to just simply follow in the footsteps of the parent who walks in front of them. So Jesus walks in the footsteps of the Father, and so we are invited to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Religion that is life-giving is revealed. It is not created. And what is the kind of religion that Jesus reveals to us? Jesus says these words. The Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Hear that again. The Father loves the Son and shows him all he does and will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. The religion Jesus reveals is one of love. Father loving Son, Son loving Father, and later mixing in the Holy Spirit into all of this so that we have three persons in one. This constantly swirling of oneness and community with love at the very core of it all. That is our religion. It's part of the reason why we celebrate the Trinity, because God is love in the core of that. So when Jesus goes to the cross... What is it that we find there? What kind of religion do we find at the cross? Pop theology. Theology is very popular today. It gets passed around. In fact, it may fall off of our tongues fairly easily. But I, but I posit that it is pop theology entirely. Tells us that at the cross, Jesus takes on the wrath of God that God has for all of us. And Jesus absorbs it so that we don't have to. We say this regularly, Jesus died for my sins. And I often ask, well, what is it that you mean by that? Because that kind of idea that God is super angry with us all, or God is super judging of, all, of us all, and Jesus is the only thing standing between that and total destruction of every human being, which is what that often breaks down to, is not the God who has been revealed in John chapter 5. That God, this God who is full of wrath, is the God of corrosive religion, religion that is made up to get to God, 
That is the religion of this kind of benevolent man, Jesus, shielding us from this wrathful God. And that is the kind of religion at the cross, again, that I am out on. But the cross does show us some kind of wrath, but it's not God's. In the cross, humanity's lack of love, humanity's thirst for power, our thirst for violence is laid bare. Because power and violence, I will argue until the day I die, is humanity's default religion. How do we elevate ourselves? By having power over others. And God takes the brunt of our religion. The crucifixion is not what God inflicts upon Jesus in order to forgive. The crucifixion is what God endures as he forgives. The cross is where God absorbs all that. God absorbs our sin. Not God doesn't, Jesus doesn't absorb God's wrath. He absorbs our sin and he recycles it into forgiveness. The crucifixion is not the ultimate attempt to get God to think differently about us. The cross is the place where God tries to change our minds about God. That God is about love and not about judgment. God is not like Caiaphas trying to get a sacrifice. God is not like Pilate requiring an execution. God is like Jesus who absorbs our sin and forgives us. In this way, the cross is apocalyptic. It shows us who we are. But it, all, it is also apocalyptic in that it shows us who God is. God is love. This is why Jesus says the Father judges no one but has entrusted all judgment to the Son. And that judgment, friends, is love. Nothing but love. And it is that love, that religion, that, that thing that is revealed to us that raises us to new life. We do not work ourselves to new life. We do not purify ourselves to new life. We are loved to new life. So when Paul writes... Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? He asks us a religious question. This baptism, what's it about? And in baptism, we are immersed in the cross. We are immersed into death. We've got to own that. But it's a death molded not around retributive justice, judging ourselves and others for the sinful creatures that we are, yes, undoubtedly are, but we are immersed in God's restorative justice and love. We have been buried with him by baptism into death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so too we might walk in the newness of life. We are put down in the waters of baptism with Christ in his death. In this most beautiful expression of love, we are raised out of the waters with Christ in resurrection, the power that love has over all of the violence of humanity, and we are free to walk in new life, rejecting the ways of destructive religion, rejecting the ways of destructive judgment, rejecting destructive theology in order to walk in love, which is the new life, freed life, abundant life, religion that is shaped by love rather than by judgment. And Jesus says at the end, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death into life. Whoever steps out of the destructive religion of God appeasement into the life-giving truth of God's immaculate and abundant love will know that life which is described as eternal. That's religion that I can get behind. 
That's religion as it's given to us by Jesus. And that is the religion, the well-worn path we are called to walk, to love God and love neighbor and there find abundant life. Amen. Amen.